0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Everybody, welcome to the Mail and Christian Baker Psychic Hour. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Good evening to us, where we, our listeners are located all over the world. It's very exciting. But um, it's morning here for us. The phone number to reach us is 914-338-0164. And we request that you press one so we know that you would like to speak with us. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile, the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. That's on Blog Talk Radio again, 914-338-0164 is the call and number. And today we are talking about how to be, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, what it is to be a guide. What it is to be a
0: guide. A lot of people, say they need guidance. So they they sort of water down that they're getting a psychic reading for whatever reasons. And they imply that they're just looking for, quote, guidance, guidance. Uh, so guidance is, it's a noun and a verb, essentially. Uh essentially a noun, but, but it also comes from the word guide, which is also a noun, which is a proper term for a title or a name as well as an action. So a guide, a gu- when, when someone's seeking guidance, sometimes you can look at it in terms of what, like a, like a priest or a rabbi or a scout leader or something like that or some mentor that you respect but when they come to when people come to a a psychic knowing that they're a psychic for guidance it gets into a different element of conversation
1: right because they're looking for they're looking for future oftentimes predictions so guidance on what the future holds
0: that's right not just what the future holds and perhaps how to approach the future if there is given a choice in the matter. So what, what, what does it take to be a good guide as a psychic? I think it requires two things. First, the person should have a good head on their shoulders and be wise by just an organic foundation. They're just smart. They're wise. They're knowledgeable. And they have that ability, regardless of whatever their whatever their psychic connections are, um,
1: The gift of insight
0: yeah, on a
1: on a on a on a ground basis, not ju- not only a psychic base. We're talking about a ground base of insight,
0: right? Because what it does is it expands the dialogue. It provides to the a listener a, a broader explanation for things and, and the conversation widens into more of a interaction of ideas and questions and answers. So first of all, a guide, a psychic guide should be smart from the get-go. If they're not smart from the get-go and they're just a conduit that, that supposedly is channeling a higher spirit Go to the mountains. Seek the golden fleece. You know, you can have those kind of guides, too, that, that burst out of mythology and science fiction and fantasy and things like that. Counsel. They just subscribe to a, an action. And and that can be a guide, too. Go when the sun is down Look for the four-leaf clover. You know, there's nothing therapeutic about it, but it is a form of being a guide. It is, and some psychics channel specifically on that one note.
1: But the problem, I, I think, the problem with that is it gets into questions about how to interpret whatever whatever they're channeling, and it may not be clear the the, the information clear. from the channel so again channeling takes a certain level of insight so if you're channeling it, you can misinterpret what you is can. being what, what is being uh, uh, transmitted by whatever source no, but if we, is being connected to.
0: If we take our classic friend law uh, mysteries And the detective is looking for the killer. And he goes to the old lady on the corner selling flowers. And he starts to question her. And the only thing she says is, look for the man with the one eye.
1: That's That's pretty obvious, yeah.
0: You know, she's a guide. She's still a guide. She's a guide that provides information in terms of clue finding. Leading to a specific destiny,
1: right? And I, I have to clarify what I'm, what I was referring to is not a, you know, human being that's giving a clue, or, or, or being a guide. Mm-hmm. I was talking about when connecting to to non-physical entities and interpreting that language, which is not, which is often symbolic, yeah. not, uh, not straightforward and linear. You know, there's a
0: wonderful in the uh, the movie The Wolfman, the one with Lon Chaney Jr. When Lon Chaney the Chaney American Chaney
1: gets, Werewolf, you mean?
0: No, no, it was the Wolfman. Man was oh, 1942, the wolfman? 1942, 1940. Uh, and Lon Chaney gets bitten by the uh, the wolf, and um, by by a by a man who what who who is a Wolf Man. Then he now is the Wolf Man, and he goes to a gypsy. Now, gypsy. Yes,
1: which I don't think you're allowed to say that word anymore. Oh. <laughs> I just read something where they omitted the word. They said a word that's derogatorily used to describe people from a yeah. region. Okay. And I thought, what uh, are we are we erasing Brahms and <laughs> well, well, you know, all, uh, retitling sure all, we, all these. We
0: say the word gypsy. So he. He goes to this gypsy who lives in a, in a little uh, wagon. And she looks at his hand and says, oh, you have the curse. And Blanche is all shook up and everything. And she warns him that in the full moon, he must take precautions. But, and she was a great, I think, Hungarian actress. She was a fabulous actress who played the gypsy, older lady. But again, is she a guide? She's supplying information based on a sign. And then that sign opens up in her mind a wealth of knowledge about the underworld and curses and things like this. Uh, And we're not even excluding Homer and the Odyssey and different oracles and figures that were guides, so to speak, even in Shakespeare's time in his writing, in uh, King Lear. But the idea that, in Macbeth, but anyways, we're getting off the topic. Well, not really. You're getting off the topic. Because guides take on different, different roles, Different roles, and there, there's an assortment of different interpretations of a guide, and they're all very colorful. We always stop breathing when a guide comes into the frame of the film or in the book or in real life. You know, and then beware of the eyes of March for Julius Caesar. Warnings. Guides can give warnings. But when a when a person seeks a guide as a psychic guide, that person, they're sort of like a cat they're supposed to know what's on the other side of midnight. They're supposed to be able to tap into something and then ideally combine it with their wisdom. So you can have a specific uh, non-diluted sense of connection to a spirit and you just give information like we said before and there's no therapy involved. I mean, asking that kind of psychic for therapy, you might as well be talking to a wall. Well, how am I going to feel when I'm going? And go to the wall. You know, they don't explain. They have no psychology behind their statements. It's just a divine comment. But when a psychic is tapped into the astral realm and is speaking to spirits and guides and mentors and things like this, they also process into their mind a, a pool of information that is abundant with knowledge and good advice and evaluation. So what it implies is that a psychic guide is also an evaluator. They have to receive what they're getting from the other side and also process it so that it can be exchanged into other valuable forms of information. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky Uh, when you're tapping into a spirit and their spirit's telling you one thing, even if it doesn't sound logical, you know, jump off the cliff. Oh oh, oh, oh my God, I got to tell them to jump off the cliff. But, you know, it, it doesn't, I mean, there's a scene in, uh, in uh, Jason and the Argonauts where, where Jason and his crew have to jump off a cliff in order to escape these raging skeletons that have come to life, and they have swords, and they're battling Jason, and the only way that they can survive is to jump off this large cliff, which probably would have broken their necks in their life. And the skeletons follow them and they all crumple into bones the skeletons. So I mean sometimes I guess jumping off a cliff is, is wise advice. But yeah, what, what you know, when we do readings we're often uh, asked for advice, guidance. And it's different than someone just saying, Are there any messages from the spirits? Now, so
1: people ask that.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that doesn't imply so much psychology. No. As it direction. Messages. A, a message. A message isn't usually compiled. With in advice. advice. It's a message. So, so there are are different spirits out in the astral realm that hold specific. Uh, components of information, whether it's guidance, you, you, you mustn't be so sad, you know. So, and that might be logical on the part of the psychic giving that information, but maybe. But there may
2: be direct guidance from a higher, from a higher
1: source.
0: source. We've had, we have done readings where we've channeled, we, we who we believe are spirits or souls, and said, don't don't. Don't cry for me like that. Um,
1: don't, don't cry, cry for, for me, me,
0: Argentina. Don't cry for me. I'm okay. Christ even said it. Don't weep for me. Go to thy family. You know, I'm ascending into heaven, that kind of thing. So there, there, is, a, there is a conference sometimes where there can be a release of tension in the guidance an assurance that things will be okay. Now, if a person is seeking guidance, what does it usually mean? It means that profoundly they're confused. They're confused in a very profound sense of the word, and they they don't know what to do. So there's a belief that either the guide, the spirit, the mentor, the, the psychic can help clarify what they're to do. And then what happens next? Sometimes it comes in with a message. Oh, uh, were you drinking lemonade today at 2 o'clock? Yes. Oh, then therefore, go for the decision that requires Wednesday. Oh, my God, Wednesday is when I'm supposed to... Oh, that's when I'm supposed to... uh, Go, you know, have that phone call. That that boy, that makes a lot of sense. So you get these cross-reference validations that seem to be you, things dropped out of the sky, like the, I, I like to call them UFOs, unidentified flying objects, in the psychic world. Because sometimes the psychic doesn't know how something landed on the plate of their mind uh, while they're giving a reading to somebody until the person. Getting a reading makes sense of it for them. So that sometimes happens. Um, but it's interesting. But reading. I
1: think it's a unique way to give a reading because if you listen to the psychics that are out there, if you listen to Blog Talk Radio or even uh, James Van Prague. that's who we were trying to think yeah, of did Didn't we see someone who looked like him, we couldn't remember the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, James Van Prague Or James Van Prague, John Edwards World it's a lot of uh, messages, but not as much guidance. A lot of people in blog talk radio are giving guidance. Yes, people ask for messages from spirit, but if you listen to many of the psychics that are on the air, they're guiding people um, and giving advice. But mixing validations with advice, combining the two elements, is not as common in, in, in as far as psychics that I've heard doing that in an effective manner and tying the two together. And the validations can be very obscure.
0: They can be yeah. they, you know I, and I made a further mistake with James von Progh because I mistook that name to be the psychic that worked with the investigation of the Boston Strangler. Who the, the detective at the time sought a, a psychic to try to figure out who was the Boston Strangler, and the psychic came in. He was very famous. He's a, in real life. He's a very famous psychic back in that day, what in the 50s and 60s. And he described the Boston Strangler to such a, a minute, to such minute detail that they went. To this guy's house and found 99% evidence that this was the Boston oh. strangler, but it and so 99% evidence, but that one percent was he wasn't this guy wasn't that he led him to this famous psychic. It, he was in the Boston. I forget his name, but the name is similar to James von Prague. It, it was like a, a guy was from Europe or something, and uh, but was famous. I forget his name. So uh, sometimes, you know, psychics are employed to track down people. That's another famous thing. And that's a form of guidance. They're like a track dog, a bloodhound, you know, a police dog, a sniffer. They, they are able to provide guidance through impressions that can lead to street names, cars, locations. They find dead bodies, things like this and um but but even though like in the case of the boston strangler uh they can they can go to the to the right characteristics of a person but it's not really the person so there's it's not foolproof
1: right well what and what i meant what i meant when i'm saying when i said merging the insight and the psychic validations Regarding obscure validations, did you eat eggs this morning? then therefore, yes, then therefore, this is what you should do. That's a rare form of psychic uh, advice than you hear typically. There's a format that a lot of psychics use, and it's more common. yeah, you know that, and it was uh, go ahead that that gets more
0: in the element and definition, however disheartening, of riddles. You know, when you, when you, a riddle is really imbued with, with an answer to a mystery. So a riddle is to riddle, to unravel, to, to, to engage in something that is riddled with information. So a riddle, and then it turned into a fun word game. It also turned into a hunt, like if you were going to find something, you, you provide riddles to the uh, to the search. Or of course, the famous Riddler and Batman. But riddles come from the Renaissance, it comes from troubadours, it comes from all kinds of information that it, it provides amusement for the mind to figure something out. A riddle is also part of Jeopardy. I mean, it's a, a it's it's a question
1: sometimes. Well, yeah, but there are clues Those within words. that question. Yeah. There are clues within the question that sometimes make the answer very obvious, especially if you're well-versed in the right. subject area. And, you know, some forms of guides
0: will be uh, rhetorical. They Does they, an elephant shit in a jungle? <laughs> oh. You know? <laughs> yeah right. they 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 imply a sense of sarcasm to to the to the to the element, so we get into the sheer sharp uh, surgery of language.
1: Well, it's interesting too, because we were watching Twilight Zone last night and I was thinking about this because I watched Twilight Zone, I think the newer Twilight Zone because i were forced to watch yeah. it in school anyway bad to the- anyway yeah it's inferior they're and i nice there, i'm not really i i, I can't say i'm a, a fan a total fan of the twilight zone because it's it's the it, they're just disturbing i find the black and uh, whites were brilliant they're, the yeah ones. they are brilliant but disturbing yeah i think they're disturbing So, you know, it's not something I want to watch before bed because things like that will sit with me. Um, But as I was watching the episodes that we watched, because you wanted to watch it last night, I was starting to, as I watched the episodes, figure out. Now I think that if we watch future episodes, I'll be able to start figuring out what's going on. And they give clues in the Twilight Zone uh as to what's happening i mean you it, they lead you in one direction there was one episode we watched where it seemed like they were dead the, the couple yeah they landed in it but actually landed in a dollhouse of an alien girl <laughs> yeah. they were swept up off the planet earth and brought to this alien world so um and there's cl- there's clues there were clues throughout that the laughing child yeah the train whistle, Things that you would hear in a in a um, train
0: set and a train with set
1: a, and with the child playing tennis. with it. So yeah. there's an example.
0: A lot of those were based on uh, famous short stories, and then several were were original telescripts that came. Some some of them came out of the mind of Rod Serling himself, and then there were several that that were based on short stories. But Rod Serling. It was a wonderful format because he would come on and he had that great speaking voice and everything and that ominous appearance. Sometimes he was smoking cigarettes.
1: Yeah, and he just later killed him. He died, died at 50 years old. Yeah,
0: he was only 50. He's brilliant, brilliant. Also, a brilliant playwright. Did requiem for heavyweight and patterns and things like that that had nothing to do with the Twilight Zone. But a uh, very intelligent man, very outspoken. Had a very opinionated, but um, he so he so the way Twilight Zone would open, and he was a sort of guy too. He he was a he was a he was the host of the show, but he guided you into the realm of the Twilight Zone, and he always had this classic introduction um, that would be open ended. And In the very last comedy made before the production right. started.
1: Well, and he would also uh, he'd end the show as and well. He would end
0: the show. So he well, he, would, he would open and close the show. So he provided the the frame entry
1: and the exit.
0: Yeah, of the show itself, and the show would always start off with a strange, bizarre beginning that would slowly grow into a a, a deeper mystery, and then cut to a commercial. And then there was always the midpoint, you know, 22 minutes, about 11 minutes into it, there was always a midpoint where the tension increased until it came to the sound and, and in all probability, satisfying, dramatic conclusion that had an element of surprise in it—a surprise ending, that catch ending. Hitchcock was also infamous, well famous for doing things like that as well.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: and and so Hitchcock and and Rod Serling was sometimes battling because up at Hitchcock Hour and The Twilight Zone were two different shows, uh, different times of evening.
1: At the same on the same day? No, they, I think they different were... different times, days. so they weren't put yeah. set against. They did weren't they weren't in the same time slot. In, in and other like words, classically,
0: Twilight Zone was like on Friday night, you know, Friday night that type of thing. But um, and it was like a 9:30 show, and and Hitchcock was more sophisticated and more human element drama, like murder and and things like that, than that twisty ending. Uh, what 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 occurred out of Twilight Zone became Outer Limits, which was another kind of branch of the Twilight Zone show, but different.
1: Yeah, but different they reinvented Twilight Zone in the 80s. Yeah, and who was the host?
0: Night Gallery, there was Night Gallery. I forgot who the host was, but uh, it it uh, it was inferior to the original Toilet Zone series. But there again, you know, Rod Serling acts as a sort of teasing guide, introducing you to a different world that's going to be filled with a mystery and then ultimately a process that comes to a destiny of some sort that's supposed to throw you off your chair, amaze you, shock you, whatever. So we have this, these ideas that guides come in different forms. And um, I know that uh, in, in my earlier years, I would do a lot of uh, investigation of haunted houses and actually in, invite the occupants of the house to follow me through the house as I as I provided the narration of things that happened within the house. Oh, a plague dropped here. It landed on the floor and shattered. Oh yes, well right here someone fell and broke their leg. Oh God, yes. So you have a guide that sort of in that respect, a psychic guide that will take you through through a dark passage And start to illuminate things in dialogue and narration that can be immediately validated until you get to the conclusion that um, you have a child living in your home, a spirit of a child. And this child died on the grounds, you know, 40 years ago. Sometimes those things have been validated specifically. Sometimes it just remains a mystery. Um, So... You, now we're getting into this business is what is a guide? A guide isn't just one thing. A guide is it's, it's many different things and a good psychic guide will be all of the many things. They are able to provide information on so many different levels that they're switch hitters, they can play the backstop. Switch hitters? Shortstop. <laughs> yeah. you can play something else. They're you know, maybe because I'm ambidextrous, I have some sort of
1: left-right brain uh, balance.
0: Uh, but I don't think that's a command of being a, a, a,
1: a the ambidextrous. Doesn't make you a good psychic. No, <laughs> not no. everybody that's ambidextrous is psychic, no. or or no, a, a therapist a, or a mind, guide.
0: You know, the mind, the brain itself has
1: two circuits. We
0: have the logical brain in the intuitive brain, you know, the meta, the the brain that's linked to the outer limits, if you will, and then that, if you're fortunate, has conversation with your logical brain, so you're just not sounding like a like like a um, dramatic orator that is saying weird crazy things. There's logic behind the statement and precision. Of word and accuracy, so uh, a guy can be many different things. Um, and when people say, "I need guidance," it to me it's a loaded question. I mean, over the years, I'm, I'm assuming what people mean by that, because you generalize that they're looking for just guidance, and it's a common term. But sometimes it baffles the imagination as to purely what kind of guidance is going to be provided and even the best of psychics doesn't always know what door they're going to enter when they attempt to reach out and seek guidance from the astral realm
1: right because on a on a on a logical level oftentimes a psychic can enter the the dialogue of a reading with a certain opinion about what might might be the course of action that the person takes that they're reading, and then it changes within the reading. Did yeah, yeah, it can, yeah, and, you know, and it can it, be it surprising, can be you know,
0: to uh, how uh, how a reading flows. A reading is a is a breathing mechanism. It's filled with information that is extraordinary, meaning it's not an ordinary conversation. When you go to a psychic you're not gonna have an ordinary conversation. Every craftsman, every tradesman has to have, or in the realm of their conversation, you talk to a plumber, they're talking about the pipes, and you talk to a mechanic, they're talking about the car. You go to a psychic, and and what is gonna be opened up and talked about is not gonna be specific, even though there's some conclusion that's gonna involve some sort of psychic information, some sort of special supernatural language that is still intelligently defined as English. Well, I
1: mean, but there will be specifics. You said there won't. I mean, there will be specifics. There will be. There will be. Okay. Let's bring on this caller here from 954 Area Code.
2: Hi. Hi, this is Valerie. Hey, Valerie. Hi. (laughs) How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Um I was wondering What? Is that, yeah,
1: seven twenty, sixty oh, 64.
2: Sorry. Yeah. I know you're
1: ten eleven too, but
2: yeah. Okay. Fine. Um I had a acquaintance I met at a a local workshop here. It was a workshop on shadow shadow work. And I helped her move here from Pennsylvania, and she was murdered. And so uh, I'm still in touch with her mom, and the case is still, you know, in the courts and stuff. So I'm just wondering if you could. Her mom's always looking for. She was just asking me what we should what ideas for a celebration of life. And obviously her mom's still struggling and stuff. So I was just wondering if she um, she had any connection
1: to her. Um, Okay, so real real quick, um, just to recap, this is a woman you met in a shadow workshop. Uh Uh-huh. In Pennsylvania?
2: No, uh, we were in Fort Lauderdale, and she wanted to move here. So she contacted me after the class, and so she stayed with me. I don't know, three or four days, and I helped her. She moved to Boca, which is uh, well about an hour north of me. So I helped her move, and we stayed in touch very little because she was
1: um, in a different area. She was
2: she was single, and she was like she met somebody right away, and she seemed to meet people very quickly. So I mean, and you know, she was much younger than me. So, you know, we just kind of, I thought she was doing well, so I mean, we didn't really (laughs) connect much. And then her mom reached out, uh, I don't know if it was about a month before this all happened, but it was during COVID. She had said she had moved to Fort Lauderdale. And that she wasn't, she had gotten married and she said she wasn't married and she was in a different job and uh, maybe I could reach out to her. And because my mom had just passed in COVID, I, I hesitated. And then the next thing I knew was uh, July, I think it was July 13th, and then her, that she got murdered and her mom reached out to me a couple of days after and said, just wanted to let you know. And so... Um do you have her birthday? Yes. Uh she was on Facebook, so I just looked it up. August 7th, 1982. 1982. And uh, to me, she was a very spiritual person and she did a couple of um YouTube videos where she's like, you know, and I thought I believe this too, but if your energy, if you keep your energy or vibration at a certain level, I don't know how she could have attracted this. You know, I I don't know if you believe the same, but um, how did she attract somebody that murdered her?
1: Well, you know, what I find interesting is that this, prior to her murder, she moved to Florida. So that move could have triggered this, event. Yeah. Now, whether this was something that could have pre- been prevented by a move, or she was destined to come down and face, we really haven't determined yet. Yeah. She was 35. Okay. Eight. And when was she killed? What was, she, seven, 13, what was her? Yeah, was it
2: it's the 13th. And it was, oh, I think it's going to be a year this July. Um, yes, because it was during the whole COVID stuff. So she and was, uh, thirty, thirty-eight. She was just um, gonna have a birthday. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if it's
1: it's it was 30, her birthday. three uh, years gone. You know. Do you want uh, to know
2: her first name? This is uh, yeah? You can give it to us. Tori. T O R Y. You know. Her mother calls uh, her Tori Beth.
0: Valerie. The. Um, yeah. There, there's a certain negative connotation in our interpretation of mm-hmm. numerology that involves 11. And her year comes to an 11.
2: Okay.
0: And so, because 1982 comes to an 11. The month and day she died, 713, also comes to an 11. Okay. So the, the first of all, you have to assume that... Um, that uh, and and the master and your master number, and her master number is twenty eight, which is which her, is her inverted year and her first and last of yeah. birth. and you and you're involved in the, in this sort of plot of events and some kind. So there's a couple of things. One w- uh, tragically spoken, I believe that some of us come down to the planet, and there's a destiny factor that is beyond accident or, or, or you know, method of circumstance. It's a destiny factor. I believe this human being was meeting her destiny. That's, that's disgusting in terms of the outcome, but I think that that is part of sometimes our journey, that there's a destiny So factor.
1: Meaning whatever her energy was. I mean, it's so common to hear when you hear stories of people who are murdered about how they were these wonderful people and they were full of light and spiritual or whatever involved sure. in the community and then these tragedies happen you think on a on a physical level why did this occur but you have to go into past life and
2: okay. so it's karma. not like if you keep your vibration up you should keep this st- you're not a vibrational match to these lower
1: well
0: no, um, no, it means it means that there's something going on in the karma between these two human beings. And to gather more accurate information, you'd go to a past life to discover what brought out these circumstances. Now, you could say that she was, you know, free-spirited and, and lovely and attractive, and and gave out an energy that was very open. And she hooked up with somebody who was a predator who found that to be really enticing to the point to where the predator became stimulated enough to want to kill her. I don't know if it was a sexual thing or what, do you know, have any details to share with us?
2: Um, I I guess they met online and he came to visit, but I don't,
0: and so they
2: spent uh, some time, uh, maybe a day together, I don't really know, but she told him, I don't know if he had stayed there with her, but she said to leave. He, She kind of kicked him out and then he came back to talk to her. And something, I don't know if the mother thought she was on, he was on the, she had called the brother or something, something that was going on and she had called somebody she knew that knew him and he found out and got very angry and beat her to death. He just, with his hands killed her, beat her. Yeah.
1: So they know who did it. Yes, and he's in jail
2: here, and it's an ongoing um, investigation. You know, there hasn't been any kind of whatever trial, or it's still.
1: And well, you know, on the investigation stages, I guess. And can I just real quick before you talk, you now, I just want to say to Valerie that sometimes I, it's not a destiny factor, but there's a there's a possibility in a creative destiny line that someone can meet their end, uh, you know, by violent means, uh, and and that is due to action. That could have been prevented by different action. So it's it, it depends on the individual. It depends on the individual. Most so 80, sometimes yeah. you can avoid
0: eight
1: seven eighty two eighty two. And it's interesting too because the date that she was murdered seven thirteen are Valerie's first and last numbers, and Valerie's got the seven twenty going on. Happened seven twenty twenty. Uh, you know, I mean. First of
0: all, the mindset of a lot of people that go on these online things, especially males, they're predators. They're looking for something. And then unfortunately you get somebody who has a a horrible criminal impulse. And the intention of this guy, this man who was so angry, who killed through a very intimate way with his bare hands, the intention was already there. He just had to be triggered. But he okay. met her already with a bullet in the gun. This wasn't brought about by circumstance. It was brought about by a behavioral pattern in this man's life that finally erupted. Now, the destiny factor between the two might be something that psychically you go in and examine to figure out uh, what, what occurs. And in a psychic vibration, I'm seeing a staircase. So I don't know in a brief snapshot of information, whether there was a two-story home or a staircase in the environment or whether she was trying to run up a stair or something like that, we don't know. You don't know, I don't know. But but that seems to be a, tr- a train of, of images, from a train of images that seems to be occurring. And in all due respect to the soul that crossed over, a lot of times people who die violently under these circumstances their soul remains on the astral realm for quite some time we want to think they go to heaven you know in those that common terminology they're in heaven i would love to think that all the time but i had personally experienced souls that are caught in the astral realm under these kind of circumstances where there's a violence involved and and things like that um you know so i i uh and i don't want to get this into a reading where we're trying to you know do a reading cuz you're not going to be able to supply a lot of validations so i don't know specifically what are you asking
2: oh i just didn't know if she if she uh if you had a if she would connect and you had a message or something just yeah, her yes, mother's yes. always Asking because mm-hmm. there was another woman in the class that was a sh- uh, Studied to be a shaman and so after she and she worked closely with Tori So she had told her mom that she connected and made sure that she Helped her cross over or something and she said she was in a well, better place it,
0: Yeah, that, that's that's nice. That's a nice story in the idea of the shadow uh theater. We have shadow theaters for certain things. One, shadow theaters were were a form of communication. They're a form of communication. And coincidentally, we uh that Twilight Zone we were watching, that the character describes being in a car driving under the influence of alcohol, and the last thing they remember was a great shadow fell over them. When we think of shadow, you know the shadow, the radio character. Uh, we have shadow puppetry. We have puppet shows that are shadows. We create shadows on the wall. Shadows are also supposed to be the astral form of spirits that communicate to us from the other realm. So she was involved in some form, if you will. If we look at the dark side of shadow theater, we're also looking at the underworld. We're looking at things that that contain an ominous sense of interpretation. So when you deal in the shadows, it's not usually a, a nice connotation. There's something okay. serious about it. It, it. it can mean a dance of authenticity towards revelations and mysticism and great things like that. I get that. I understand that. But she's already involved, and this is a proof of the pudding, She was involved in the dark energies of existence. That's how she brought this, the manifestation of this human being into the world. Now, in terms of messages, she's, first of all, if you wanna convey anything to the mother, there's a staircase. There's something about a staircase. you know how some staircases, they have a door in them where they, and that door leads to a closet. So that so you see the staircase going up, and then at the base of the staircase, maybe in the wall, there's a door, and you can go into that door. There's something to do with a staircase, a door. That's where the start begins, which implies that the soul has not, in my estimation, thoroughly crossed over.
1: Okay. You know that's just not going to be exactly reassuring. Well, I mean, unfortunately, it, it it it's a process. If
0: the soul is caught earthbound because their life was disrupted in the process of existence, maybe they aren't yet. Maybe there's something in that in that parallel universe they're trying to work through. You know, there's issues involved that are tying them to the planet, the mother, the circumstances of their death the fact that she died rather young. You know, it, it's nice to think they crossed over, and, and I hope maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not getting that signal. I'm getting okay. a different So signal. if
2: we pray for know? her, what, is there anything we can do? No, I can well, do that, you know.
0: Well, no. those are all nice gestures, and I'm sure that there's nothing harmful about doing that. Mm-hmm. And so that is a nice thing to do. Does it always solve the issue? Of course not. Yeah. It, of course not. Can, can you pray for a million dollars right now? It's not oh prayer doesn't always lock in with the results desired results. Prayer and assistance sometimes is needed in the interaction with a soul that's caught in, the, in an astral realm. So the, the attention that's given to the soul is crucial. We're giving to the soul a crucial – it's like saying, I'm, I'm caught on an island, and I just saw an airplane fly by that signaled they know I'm here. We're giving assurance to this soul, I believe. And that's crucial right now. And if we say, we're going to rescue you, or we're going to help you get to the other side, that's, of course, reassuring. Do we have the power to do it? I don't know. Prayer can be powerful. But I'll tell you this. Um, Valerie, there, to me, I feel like there's something caught. She's caught. And there's, in, there's parts of speech, a staircase, some ripped clothing. And now part of that may be the drama of the incident and the terror that was it, it, that was absorbing her mind at the time of her last moment. And that brutal attack that led to her death. But but I will say this. There seems to be pieces, shattered pieces, that are on the planet that might help her resolve her issues. I'm not sure what that is, but I've been doing this a long time. And that's the way I'm approaching this reading. Okay. So, you know, you could talk to the mother about this and see if it makes any sense. The mother can call us. I don't, you know. Yeah. But, but to get a message, number one, this individual is not going to give, you know, oh, you know, I don't believe that this person is going to give a message like, oh, earth people, you know, love one another. No. This human being is caught in a crisis. So the mm-hmm. message will be crucial to their experience. They're not the kind of a soul, in my estimation, that's going to be giving an enlightening conversation about existence. They're caught, Valerie. And I hate to say okay. that, but that's what I believe.
2: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the mom's mom reaches out to me, and I don't mind. You know, everybody's like, oh, my husband's like, oh, that's not good for you. To and I'm like, what if I'm giving her comfort? I don't know why. She's like, I don't know why you ever you know, stop talking. I'm like, I don't know. She, We weren't close in class. I met her for a couple of days. I said we had a good time while she, we were together. I helped her. But, I mean, there was an age difference. She was, you know, I don't know. We were in two different parts of our lives, you know. Right. There's a and, connection.
1: I mean, you guys made a connection, and the mother, obviously, I mean, you're her link to, mm-hmm. I don't and know. And I felt bad
2: friend. because Go I ahead. didn't reach out in that layout last time I mean you know I was like I but I don't know if I could have prevented it but I mean her mother had asked me to kind of touch base with her and I figured well she's working it's COVID it's the, you know made excuses to myself to say you know we can't really get together anyway and I just assumed she was happy here you know I didn't know there was all this you know drama in the background. It you know, it seemed like she was living a good life. Um, well, and you then
0: you know, the mom would, Valerie, what? you yeah. you hold you hold a hand on the doorway to a darker realm. Not that that's bad. You have an ele- you're a 2911 too. And you're born in 1964. So there's something in the deep abscesses of your consciousness that you have an awareness of the other side and you have an awareness of the darkness of existence. You may not have tapped into it, maybe you have, but there's something in your soul to where I believe you have experienced in a past life something similar to this individual. And there may be a karmic link you have with this individual and a tribal connection you even have with the mother. So there's something deeper going on in this conversation and maybe you don't have access to all the vital information that's needed, but I will say what we can do, what we can do for you is ask this soul to approach you in a dream world so that you have a vivid dream about her. And if you do, Valerie, then call us back. We'll try to interpret it. But if this soul is really in distress and you have a link to communicating with her. We will ask that there be a channel through which you have a dream with her in it. And it's a strange dream, but one that you retain and then you can share it
2: with us. Yeah, I always told the mom, I always felt like, I don't know, I read a poem by a, the, a, a poet laureate or something, that will, and it was a native Indian woman, I can't remember the exact title or whatever, but it was basically, I, could, I, I felt, just told the mom, I, I could have been her, I had, you know, I met people on the internet or whatever, I mean, it could have been me, I just feel that, you know, I did, whether it's stupid things or whatever, you know we uh, and I'm like it could have it, it could have been I I, I connect with her like yeah I could have done those things I could have done walk that path too. Yeah. But, well, yeah, you're not
0: you're not a stranger to the dark side. It doesn't mean well, that I'm, you I'm have trying not
2: to. I mean I certainly don't. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the light. I'm to...
0: No, no, no. You I don't mean I, that way. Valerie.
2: No, I know, but I'm just
0: saying people. We have a link to the dark. We, yeah. Christ had a link to the dark side. Having a link to the dark side just means that you have a diverse attitude of energy. You're totally of light. We get that. Mm-hmm. But some of us have a link to the dark side in terms of gaining access and information that sometimes is valuable. That's like saying, I don't. I never want there to be a nighttime on the earth. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. I understand that
2: there's, you know, yeah, duality or whatever. Yeah.
0: It's not always bad. In Uh fact, some of it's in 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 Indian mythology, it's crucial to understand the dark side. Crucial. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. And. I will, if if I, I just I was listening to a show about writing down your dreams and stuff like that, so, last night. Oh, interesting.
1: interesting. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. If if you do have a dream, get back in touch
2: with us. I will. And thank you so much. Take
1: care. Okay. Bye-bye. And we have another caller. We didn't get to the caller. Unfortunately, we're out of the But um, 973, call us back on Friday. We'll try to get to your call. And we're back on the air Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Thank you.